Welcome to Drift Off, bedtime stories to help you unwind, relax, and drift off. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Joanne, and it's a pleasure helping you get restful sleep. Tonight's story is a gentle reading called A Fortunate Mistake by Canadian author Lucy Maud Montgomery. This story is about an unexpected friendship and reminds us that a mistake can sometimes be a blessing in disguise. But before we begin with the storytelling, I want to make a special shout out to one of our newest Drift Off Premium members who connected with me last week, letting me know that her work often takes her away from home. Her travels often leave her feeling jet-lagged, anxious, and in faraway places, away from her partner and her fur babies and that drift-off brings her comfort, especially during those moments when she finds herself alone and homesick. So a very special thank you goes out to Danny for reaching out to me and letting me know that the show was a great comfort to her. Receiving this feedback reminds us of the reason we started this podcast, to help bring relaxation and comfort at bedtime. This feedback helps keep us inspired to create more sleepy content. So thank you, Danny. Wherever you are in the world right now, I hope you're doing well. As a Drift Off Premium member, you'll enjoy a relaxing ad-free listening experience, as well as two additional episodes every month. A new bedtime story every Tuesday, completely ad-free and intro-free to help you drift off. Go sign up at driftoff.supercast.com or see the link in the show notes. You can also support Drift Off by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other listeners find us and it helps us grow our audience. You can leave a review by clicking on the link in the show notes. Thank you for your support. I invite you now to settle in. Allow your body to ease into that perfect sleep position that feels just right for you. And as you begin to breathe more slowly and deeply, know that this sends a message, letting your body and mind know that it's safe to relax that it's safe to let go. And with each release of breath, see if you can release the weight of your body to the mattress below, giving way to relaxation, letting yourself sink down into that surface beneath you. That's right. It's like giving yourself permission to be held and supported as you allow these words now to gently guide you to a place of comfort. And so as always, my friend, take a full, comfortable breath 
And as you exhale, relax and let go. Allow any tension to just melt away. Letting your head sink deeper and deeper down into the softness of your pillow. There is nothing left to do and nowhere else to be. So just lay back, relax, and enjoy the story. Oh dear, oh dear, fretted Nan Wallace, twisting herself about uneasily on the sofa in her pretty room. I never thought before that the days could be so long as they are now. Poor you, said her sister Maud sympathetically. Maud was moving briskly about the room, putting it into beautiful order that mother insisted on. It was Nan's week to care for their room, but Nan had sprained her ankle three days ago and could do nothing but lie on the sofa ever since. And very tired of it, too, was wide awake, active Nan. And the picnic this afternoon, too, she sighed. I've looked forward to it all summer, and it's a perfect day, and I've got to stay here and nurse this foot. Nan looked vindictively at the bandaged member, while Maud leaned out of the window to pull a pink climbing rose. As she did so, she nodded to someone in the village street below. Who's passing? asked Nan. Flory Hamilton. Is she going to the picnic? asked Nan indifferently. No, she wasn't asked. Of course, I don't suppose she expected to be. She knows she isn't in our set. She must feel horribly out of place at school. A lot of the girls say it is ridiculous of her father to send her to Miss Braxton's private school, a factory overseer's daughter. She ought to have been asked to the picnic all the same, said Nan shortly. She is in our class, even if she isn't in our set. Of course, I don't suppose she would have enjoyed herself, or even gone at all for that matter. She certainly doesn't push herself in among us. One would think she hadn't a tongue in her head. She is the best student in the class, admitted Maud, arranging her roses in a vase and putting them on the table at Nan's elbow. But Patty Morrison and Wilhelmina Patterson had the most to say about the invitations, and they wouldn't have her. There, aren't those lovely? I'll leave them here to be company for you. I'm going to have to have more company than that, said Nan thumping her pillow energetically. I'm not going to mope here alone all afternoon, with you off having a jolly time at the picnic. Write a little note for me to Flory Hastings, will you? I'll do as much for you when you sprain your foot. What shall I put in it? said Maud, rummaging out her portfolio obligingly. Oh, just ask her if she will come down and cheer a poor invalid up this afternoon. She'll come, I know, and she's good company. Get Dickie to run right out and mail it. 
I do wonder if Flory Hamilton will feel hurt over not being asked to the picnic, speculated Maud absently as she slipped her note into an envelope and addressed it. Flory Hamilton herself could best have answered that question as she walked along the street in the fresh morning sunshine. She did feel hurt, much more keenly than she would have acknowledged even to herself. It was not that she cared about the picnic itself. As Nan Wallace had said, she would not have been likely to enjoy herself if she had gone among a crowd of girls, many of whom looked down on her and ignored her. But to be left out when every other girl in the school was invited, Flory's lip quivered as she thought of it. I'll get father to let me go to the public school after vacation, she murmured. I hate going to Miss Braxton's. Flory was a newcomer in Winboro. Her father had recently come to take a position in the largest factory of the small town. For this reason, Flory was slighted at school by some of the ruder girls and severely left alone by most of the others. Some, it is true, tried at the start to be friends, but Flory too keenly sensitive to the atmosphere around her to respond, was believed to be decidedly dull and mopey. She retreated further and further into herself, and was almost as solitary at Miss Braxton's as if she had been on a desert island. They don't like me because I'm plainly dressed, and because my father is not a wealthy man, thought Flory bitterly and there was enough truth in this in regard to many of Miss Braxton's girls to make a very uncomfortable state of affairs. Here's a letter for you, Flo, said her brother Jack at noon. Got it at the office on my way home. Who is your swell correspondent? Flory opened the dainty, perfumed note and read it with a face that, puzzled at first, suddenly grew radiant. Listen, Jack she said excitedly. Dear Flory, Nan is confined to house, room, and sofa with a sprained foot. As she will be all alone this afternoon, won't you come down and spend it with her? She very much wants you to come. She is so lonesome and thinks you will be just the one to cheer her up. Yours cordially, Maud Wallace. Are you going? asked Jack. Yes, I don't know. I'll think about it, said Flory absently. Then she hurried upstairs to her room. Shall I go, she thought? Yes, I will. I dare say Nan has asked me just out of pity because I'm not invited to the picnic. But even so, it was sweet of her. I've always thought I would like those Wallace girls if I could get really acquainted with them. They've always been nice to me, too. I don't know why I'm always so tongue-tied and stupid with them, but I'll go anyway. That afternoon, Mrs. Wallace came into Nan's room. Nan, dear, Flory Hamilton is downstairs asking for you. Flory Hamilton? Yes, she said something about a note you sent her this morning. Shall I ask her to come up? Yes, of course, said Nan, lamely. When her mother had gone out, she fell back on her pillows and thought rapidly, Flory Hamilton. 
Maud must have addressed that note to her by mistake. But she mustn't know it was a mistake, mustn't suspect it. Oh dear, what shall I ever find to talk to her about? She's so quiet and shy. Further reflections were cut short by Flory's entrance. Nan held out her hand with a chummy smile. It's good of you to give your afternoon up to visiting a cranky invalid, she said heartily. You don't know how lonesome I've been since Maud went away. Take off your hat and pick out the nicest chair you can find and let's get comfy. Somehow, Nan's frank greeting did away with Flory's embarrassment and made her feel at home. She sat down in Maud's rocker, then, glancing over to a vase filled with roses, her eyes kindled with pleasure. Seeing this, Nan said, Aren't they lovely? We Wallaces are very fond of our climbing roses. Our great-grandmother brought the roots out from England with her sixty years ago, and they grow nowhere else in this country. I know, said Flory with a smile. I recognized them as soon as I came into the room. They are the same kind of roses as those which grow about Grandmother Hamilton's house in England. I used to love them so. In England? Were you ever in England? Oh, yes, laughed Flory. I've been in pretty nearly every country upon Earth, every one that a ship could get to, at least. Why, Flory Hamilton, are you in earnest? Indeed, yes. Perhaps you don't know that our now mother, as Jack says sometimes, is father's second wife. My own mother died when I was a baby, and my aunt, who had no children of her own, took me to bring up. Her husband was a sea captain, and she always went on his sea voyages with him, so I went too. I almost grew up on shipboard. We had delightful times. I never went to school. Auntie had been a teacher before her marriage, and she taught me. Two years ago, when I was fourteen, father married again, and then he wanted me to go home to him and Jack and our new mother. So I did, although at first I was very sorry to leave Auntie and the dear old ship and all our lovely wanderings. Oh, tell me all about them, demanded Nan. Why, Flory Hamilton... To think you've never said a word about your wonderful experiences. I love to hear about foreign countries from people who have really been there. Please, just talk, and I'll listen and ask questions. Flory did talk. I'm not sure whether she or Nan was the more surprised to find that she could talk so well and describe her travels so brightly and humorously. The afternoon passed quickly and when Flory went away at dusk, after a dainty tea served up in Nan's room, it was with a cordial invitation to come again soon. I've enjoyed your visit so much, said Nan sincerely. I'm going down to see you as soon as I can walk, but don't wait for that. Let us be good, chummy friends without any ceremony. When Flory, with a light heart and happy smile, had gone, came Maud, sunburned and glowing from her picnic. Such a nice time as we had, she exclaimed. Wasn't I sorry to think of you cooped up here? Did Flory come? 
one Flory did. Maud, you addressed that note to Flory Hamilton today instead of Flory Hastings. Nan, surely not. I'm sure... Yes, you did. And she came here. Was I not taken aback at first, Maud? I was thinking about her when I addressed it, and I must have put her name down by mistake. I'm so sorry. You needn't be. I haven't been entertained so charmingly for a long while. Why, Maud, she has traveled almost everywhere and is so bright and witty when she thaws out. She didn't seem like the same girl at all. She's just perfectly lovely. Well, I'm glad you had such a nice time together. Do you know, some of the girls were very much vexed because she wasn't asked to the picnic. They said that it was sheer rudeness not to ask her, and that it reflected on all of us, even if Patty and Wilhelmina were responsible for it. I'm afraid we girls at Miss Braxton's have been getting quite snobbish, and some of us are beginning to find it out and be ashamed of it. Just wait until school opens, said Nan, vaguely enough it would seem, but Maud understood. However, they did not have to wait until school opened. Long before that time, Winboro Girlhood discovered that the Wallace girls were taking Flory Hamilton into their lives. If the Wallace girls liked her, there must be something in the girl more than was at first thought, thus more than one of Miss Braxton's girls reasoned. And gradually, the other girls found, as Nan had found, that Flory was full of fun and an all-round good companion when drawn out of her diffidence. When Miss Braxton's school reopened, Flory was the class favorite. Between her and Nan Wallace, a beautiful and helpful friendship had been formed which was to grow and deepen through their whole lives. And all because Maud, in a fit of abstraction, wrote Hamilton for Hastings, said Nan to herself one day. But that is something Flory Hamilton will never know. And perhaps you are feeling very, very close now to drifting off to sleep. Or maybe you've already drifted off to the land of dreams. But if you're still following my voice, then you can imagine that wonderful feeling of drowsiness beginning to spread all through your body that pleasant feeling of letting go. And it feels amazing to sink down into this wonderful feeling. Everything feels wonderful right now as you continue to drift, sinking deeper and deeper into this wonderful sleep. And as you drift, letting go of everything and just focus on my voice, feeling so good, going deeper and deeper down, feeling calm, 
feeling relaxed, peaceful and tranquil, enjoying this deep restorative rest. As you continue to let go now and drift down even deeper, feeling sleepier and sleepier, perhaps you might be right on the edge of letting go into this blissful state, letting go, letting go. Letting go into that wonderful feeling of drowsiness. And you feel safe, relaxed and at ease. All comfy and cozy under the covers. As you continue to let go and relax more and more and more into the coziness of your bed and into the softness of your pillow. Your body sinks down, deeper and deeper down into that deep relaxation so your body and mind can finally come to rest as you drift off now into a sound and restful sleep.